You are listening to a Geek Network interview. Be sure to hit the follow button to get notified when a new episode is available. You can also visit us at geek-network.com for your guide to the geek entertainment news you love. Created for geeks, by geeks, and remember to always geek responsibly. Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of Fandom Sessions provided by Geek Network. Uh, we have an exciting episode today. We're big horror buffs here, Daniel and I. Um, so we have comic book author Kyle Starks. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on here. Hey, man. It's our pleasure. Um, Daniel and I are big horror genre um, connoisseurs, if you will. And uh, we're honestly really excited about everything you've been putting out. And um, But, you know... There are some people that like to live the the Patrick life for those SpongeBob fans that like to live under a rock. So for those of the people out there that don't really know you, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, my gosh. The Kyle Starks elevator pitch. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm Kyle Starks. I'm a, a comic creator from Southern Indiana. I started off as a cartoonist, which uh, I still consider myself a cartoonist, which means I write and draw. Um, my first book was a book called Sex Castle, which is a love letter to 80s action movies. It was optioned for film and nominated for an Eisner, which is like the Oscars for movies uh, for best humor publication. Um, and that got me uh, doing Rick and Morty for five years. I'd actually made more issues of the comic than there were episodes of the show uh, for a long time. Um, I've been nominated for two Eisners. It was for Rocky Mountain, which is a hobo kung fu epic. Um, and the last couple of years... Uh, I've been known I, for doing more horror-related things. I did a book with Skybound called I Hate This Place or Sometimes F This Place. Um, and just this year, last month, uh, my new horror comedy series, uh, I say comedy in, in quotes, it's humorous, but it's a horror comic. Um, <laughs> Where Monsters Lie came out. Uh, we're very excited about that. And just this week, uh, it was announced that I'm writing Peacemaker for DC, which comes out in uh, May, I think, so... Dude, We're pretty yeah. excited. Not yeah, spooky. So Peacemaker is not spooky. Yeah. No, I also, before I hate this place, I did a book called Old Head, which is um, uh, which is a horror comedy also uh, through Image, which gets like no one no one read it. Um, some people read it. It's very good. It's maybe my best book, but it's a horror comedy um, about an ex NBA player, sort of a good, like a, a rough and tough player who goes to bury his mom. He brings his daughter with him to go home and bury his mom, and it turns out they've lived next door to. Uh, monsters and Dracula and they've been plotting their revenge on this mother and it's about legacy and horror and toxic masculinity. I, I've been doing the horror thing for a while. I'm feeling pretty good about it. I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, it's it's I, primarily known for action comedy before I think um, and I'm loving I'm loving moving a little bit away from comedy to slightly more spine tingling uh, realms Hell yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, well, um, I, how the hell did people not read Old Head? Because just hearing you talk about it, go pick it up, people. This this looks fucking great. I, I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, I'm on your site right now. It's very reasonably priced. I'm getting a copy. So yeah, um, everybody Dude, else check it out. Me. Um, Buy hey. all my books. Yeah. If you like how yep. this goes and you don't know me. Hey, <laughs> I want those books. Yeah, you know? Go to kylesparks.com and just fill up the cart. 
and go to your local yourself. comic shop. Go to your yeah, local comic even shop. better. They need it more uh, than I do. Window shopping, man. <laughs> That's what I love to do at comic book <laughs> shops. So um, I'm going to buy it on your website and then I'm going to go to a local comic shop because sadly, I live in a town without mm. a comic book store, believe it or not. Um, no, I believe so it. There's not that many of them. So it's it's pretty dreadful, man. I, I used to live in Phoenix and um, shout out to Samurai Comics. They they were the best. Um, and then I moved to Yuma, um, which is like a border town. And now it's this kind of this is the kind of town where like you are a nerd for like comics. It's a big anime town for some reason. So yeah, it is. I think more and more more and more towns all are becoming anime towns. Yeah, they're they're taking over. So uh, yeah, we yeah. gotta fight back somehow. And why not start with old head? That's right. I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> I'm for I'm for all sequential storytelling. All sequential storytelling is good storytelling. So <laughs> I'm I'm here for it. Um, but you know, I I hate to start with this because honestly, I know you've talked about this and you've probably told the story you know, a crap ton of times. And I'm sure you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I, uh, I, but... I don't, because I tell the same stories over and over. Like, I'm like, oh, <laughs> well, so um, good. <laughs> if you'll humor me, um, yeah. I keep hearing about the neighborhood explosion story. And oh, okay. my day job is a property uh, claims adjuster. And, and honestly, I got to say, I'm super intrigued by this because I see some crazy stuff um, in that line of work. So uh, for, for the two people that have not heard it. <laughs> yeah, basically... <laughs> um. I live in Evansville, Indiana, which is the third largest city in Indiana. Very prestigious, obviously. Obviously a huge metropolis. Um, it's pretty, it's a quarter of a million people, but uh, uh, I think the October last, I can't remember when it was. It seems like a long time ago, but it wasn't. At the end of last year, a house like 500, street, 500 feet from where I live blew up. I was in the shower. I was in the shower and I thought a car had driven into my house. While I was in the shower, I thought my neighbors had finally, like, they're kind of bad drivers. I think they finally hit the house. And I jumped out of the shower and I, I put some shorts on, ready to, I don't know what I was going to do, but it was going to be, it was going to be a scene. And my house was intact and my dogs were very confused. And I ran outside to see, like, I was like, maybe there's a wreck outside. And honestly, as soon as I got outside and, like, other neighbors came out, I was like, I think a plane crashed. Like, that had to be because the, it was such a loud boom and I felt it, like, in my body. And uh, as I, I so like literally, I put shorts on, I run outside and uh, these people are slow driving and they can see me looking around and my neighbors are out too. And we're all looking and they're like, this guy in the car, he's pointing back the other way. And I turn around and it's like, oh, there's, there's nothing. There's no smoke. There's nothing. Um, so I run over there because obviously something bad happened. But, and I don't, again, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's like, what if someone needs help, right? That's what you mm -hmm. do is you run over. And uh, I ran over and down sort of this alley because again, it's 500 feet away. Like I can't see it from my house, but it's like right behind my house and uh i go oh my gosh it's like look, i can see between the two houses i'm like, oh my god this house blew up but that house didn't blow up because next to it was an empty lot like where this house was had been like just it was just gone it was literally toothpicks like the house was gone and it took out the sides of two houses on each side basically um and like that was a there's no smoke um you could smell gas uh, that's the spoilers say Sherlock Holmes Sherlock Holmes if you're trying to figure out this mystery like there was a set there was a smell of gas but there's no smoke there was a, there was a flameless explosion you know and uh, but the weirdest thing is like seeing how for me mentally was like it I couldn't understand how that building was gone 
Like it, there was no, it was there literally like minutes ago, right? Right. So there, it was some sort of gas failure. And I'll tell you the strangest thing is so they turned off all the electricity, obviously, to make sure that other people's pilot lights in case there was other gas issues, right? So they turned all the electricity off in all the houses. And um, I took my daughter, I took my daughters over there because, you know, let's go, let's go look at the people suffering or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, Everybody loves rubbernecking. I know. It's like, the thing is like people like people driving and, and, uh, and there's like a, a lady, a police, because I'd, I'd beat the police there. Like that's how close I am. The only people who were there faster than basically me and a few neighbors is that there's a fire department basically between me and them. And like the fire truck was there, right? And so mm-hmm. seeing this lady... And uh, this officer lady, and she was there um, earlier. And I was like, oh, hey, I don't know if you got, you know, when the electricity might be back on or whatever. And she's like, I have no, like, I don't know anything about that. And I'm like, sure. And I'm like, crazy day, huh? And she's like, well, this is like the third one that's happened here. <laughs> and like on the other side, like basically two blocks north, there was another gas explosion. And in another, not far away, a couple miles away, there was another building that it blew up for quote unquote mysterious reasons. And like around these parts here in Southern Indiana, the joke is ha ha ha, it's meth. But no, they, it was gas explosions. They were all gas explosions. Just one, almost one of them was a gas employee was in the basement. Um, this one, I think the popular opinion is that people tried to do some repairs. Supposedly there was complaints about how the oven, the gas oven, wasn't working right and then next mm-hmm. thing you know the house blew up luckily and unbelievably uh, um no almost nobody was hurt like i think two people died maybe three oh. of the two people in the house and maybe the person next to me. and the thing is the street across from it and this is like what i was because i can't see the side the other street on the other side of this house because i'm coming from behind the street across is a busy street and there's video you the video you see if you look up evansville gas explosion is these houses blowing across the street and there's no cars on that street there should have been like the fact that there was not people driving on that street is unbelievable because there's always yeah. cars on that street. And when that explosion happened, all those cars would have wrecked. They would have driven into other houses. It, like there would have been so many casualties. So it's one of those things that's insane. Like it's an insane thing that happened. Um, we think one of my dogs, one of my dogs is scared when I take showers now because there's also like a, another wreck down the street while I was in the shower. And we think it's scared of showers because <laughs> bad, ha- bad things happen when dad gets in the shower, you know? <laughs> PTSD. Um, yeah, it, it was it was insane. Um, it was super surreal. It's like really the best thing. Like, um, I mean, luckily, I think one of the people was a very old lady, which doesn't make it better. It was a really old lady. The two people mm-hmm. lived in the house who probably caused it. Um, and that was it. That's the only people that were hurt. And I'm not for sure. If, I think both people were it. I think the people who lived there were in the house. But like the fact that more people didn't get hurt is really a miracle. Um, right. That that plot of land, like those that was literally months ago and like the area it's in a we're in a suburb like full suburb house neighbor neighbor we're like back to back to back like it's full suburb and those three like plots are are flattened and grassed over now like you'd never know there's anything there but yeah it was it was pretty crazy um it's really lucky no one got hurt. i walk around my neighbor like i do i walk a lot because for health purposes and seeing like the damage was very centralized this is very surreal because you think when something blows up, like it's a, it, but it wasn't. It was the the shape of a the distance of a house and like a half. Like windows were knocked out, but no mm-hmm. other houses were damaged. Really, it was insane. Like it's just really wild. It was really surreal to see. Uh, I think they said it was like one of the biggest explosions in America too. Like to, like home and, home explosions or something. I don't know. I don't pay attention to it. 
yeah we have um, a we got other stuff going on here <laughs> people get exactly shot, you know? <laughs> yeah honestly um yeah I, the first thoughts in my mind when i heard um about this story was i was like it was either meth or aliens i was like it's the only things that make sense in my mind <laughs> no um, here here they do their meth they just take it out in the cemetery which i live across the street from they just take it out oh, in the cemetery. That's jesus where, <laughs> that's where they do your meth now they don't drive around with it anymore like they figured out how to do it safely there's safe yeah, ways well, to do meth hey man no i'm glad you're okay i mean truth be told and, and honestly yeah i mean it's sad that people um died in that but I'm in the same wavelength as you because the movies, like when I think of explosions, my mind goes straight to movies. Yeah, and I just expect there all the potholes need to be flying up in the air, like they do. For sure, like that's it. And like, I, there's no smoke, there's no fire, but I, it's because it was a gas explosion. I think they're very right. like impact, they're impact based more than I don't know. I didn't I didn't dig into it. I mean, you could smell it when they're like, I think it's a gas. I'm like, you can smell it. Like you, you can smell it. <laughs> Not like bad. Like but it's like it's the only. It's the only. Like I'm. I'm doing some real detective work here, and then like, of course they keep that stuff quiet until someone until there's a lawsuit, you know. But I think yeah. it came right. out. I think it came out this year or last year. It's like it was 100 gas. It was a gas incident, and it was erroneous. And yeah, I mean it's crazy. It's crazy. I'm yeah. glad only a few people got hurt because it could have been well, really really bad. 100 percent. Yeah. But yeah, I mean I'm glad you're okay. I mean if you felt it, um, to your point, you know if there was cars driving by, they sure as hell were gonna feel it. And I don't know what oh, I would yeah. do in that situation. I I'd probably swerve too. So yeah, I, I, think, I, can't I think you'd say. swerve. Yeah, I think you, <laughs> yeah, I think you. Are you? I mean, I think maybe you slam on the brakes, but you can. You'd see it coming at you. I don't know. Right. Yeah. I mean, luckily yeah, that, we did. We didn't have to find out. <laughs> yeah, and luckily <laughs> my neighbors dog. driving in my house, or else that would have been a whole other natural disaster catastrophe. Right. As I went to punch town on my neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's an explosion man i had nowhere else to go <laughs> no unacceptable <laughs> yeah you could have crashed into the cemetery into the mm -hmm. crackheads man <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but no i mean uh condolences to your dog um I, he's I all right he's all right he's just yeah dumb. it's it's so crazy that they <laughs> hang on to these things because uh, i remember a few months ago our fire alarm went off just because i overcooked some chicken nuggets and now every time he hears the beep on our oven he cowers under yeah. the table and i'm like dude it's cool it's just a tyra like we're not even using the oven and honestly i don't know what to do like i don't know if there's such i don't know either doggy therapy yeah. or, or what but i'll just yeah. give them snacks to distract them until the timer goes off but i mean yeah. my dog is traumatized by fuck uh by fucking talkies i dropped one he ate a talkie oh, chip man. and uh he's like no it, it is that's a job. Back <laughs> yeah, that's that's a lesson about uh about looking before you leap though for that dog. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you failed him as a dog parent by not being fast enough, but he should have learned his lesson. <laughs> I bet like, I tried I reaching, bet... but I fought him and yeah, no, it didn't uh, work my way. <laughs> my my dad had a my dad, I love dogs, and my dad is my deceased dad uh was sort of a could be a piece of shit, but he had a dog that was begging too much. And he would just anything you threw, he'd just eat it. So he threw like a jalapeno, and he's like the dog would beg him. Like he was so proud of himself because like he had tricked the dog into suffering in a way that taught it like not to do the bad behavior that he wanted to do. But listen, no more takis <laughs> for that dog, right? Like it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll never but, do that again. <laughs> you know, um, speaking of some things that I found on the internet about you. Oh um, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, this is a weird this is a weird this is your life i'm on right now no no um i i saw that matt kent posted on um uh, instagram that you two were playing fortnite together is that right yeah me matt kent's a good friend of mine and we've been we play fortnite on saturdays um oh, we are shit. apparently so old like um we're in the two percent like people of our age are only can like make up two percent of fortnite but we like <laughs> I, we like each other's company he lives in a different town um and this is how people interact, right? Like they get together, we get together and we talk while we play this game and we've been doing it for a long time and we like playing games and we like each other's company and we were like, we should figure out some way to monetize this. We have not, um, but we're now streaming from 10 to two CST generally from 10 to two, we stream us doing Fortnite and you know, everyone's welcome. We talk about comics. We talk about what we read this week. We answer questions. We offer advice. Uh, we talk to stupid bullshit. Um, it's just a nice little hangout with some, you know, some creators, hang out with some pros, um, just trying to make a little community of our fans. And uh, it's a fun time. It's a fun little thing. We, I like doing it. I like him a lot. We like each other's company. And it's it's something we would do whether we streamed it or not. Um, right. But, Dude, you know, we, we like, that. yeah, we like interacting with people. And I think, you know, interacting with creators of any genre, you know, of any medium, um, mm -hmm. it's something that's becoming more sort of like, I think the unique experience of like consuming a product, like anyone can go buy the product, but it's nice also to sort of see like who these people are and, you know, ask questions about the thing you like. I just think it's just like going to a convention, but not everyone can go to a convention and see me or Matt. So right. uh, we hope to offer sort of a similar experience and just like hanging out. Like it's fun to hang out. Dude, I love and, that. And, and watch us get killed. Watch us get killed by <laughs> children. Well, you know, one, I love that you play Fortnite because they get such a bad rap. I mean, we play it and Yeah, no shame. Yeah, no shame, dude. Like, I have no I, shame. I've been playing since season one. I have all the skins. I dropped way too much money in that game. But yeah, come, it's so come much check fun. us out. On, come check us out on uh on Saturday. we're trying I to do will. every Saturday. Follow if you follow me, I'm at the Kyle Starks on Twitter or Matt, who I think is just at Matt Kent with a uh, K I N D T. We put the link out usually like nine forty five. Uh, yeah, it's fun. It's a fun little thing. I think it's fun. I think it's fun. That's like, I mean, I, uh, it's funny when I'm old. I'm forty five. I'm gonna be forty six in three days. And uh, I think when the first when it first came around, people were like, oh, what are you doing? It's like, oh, I'm watching people play video games. And I was like, well, just play the just play the video game, my dude. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> right? But I'm but I'm old. But then, like, I'm so busy. Like, I am, I'm working. And it's like, I don't have time to play. Also, video games are bad. Like, I'm very, I get very sucked in. And I get very addicted. Um, yep. In fact, I didn't, I didn't start making comics until I was like, I'm going to quit playing video games and do something productive. That's true. I spent a year playing um, Fallout 3. And I beat Fallout 3 oh, without weapons. Yes. I, I beat it without oh. weapons. And I was, what? Like, I was like, I was like, you can, you, will, you have to use a rocket launcher at one point. But I was like, I was like, oh, guess what? Nobody cares. Um, they're not going to put it on my tombstone. It's not going to go in my obituary. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I, I need to do something productive, which is I stopped doing comic. I started doing video games. I started making comics. Um, I love video games. Um, uh, but yeah, they're very, like, I get very wrapped. I get very wrapped up into them. Uh, I got distracted by my point, which also happens. Uh, uh, what was I going to say? Anyway, we played. You were talking video games, man. Yeah. There is no wrong answer here. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So like, here's, here's the thing. So it's like I don't have time to play. I'm working, right? Um, right. But I would turn on. I turn on someone playing PUBG because I I was a, I love PUBG. I love watching PUBG because it's an action movie, and uh, I it's like oh I get it. 
Like I get it. I get it. Like it's fun to, it's just like watching Survivor or watching sports. Like I get it. But I think there's a very sort of, if you're, if you're you're my age or older, it's tough to sort of like, I watch people play games all the time. I watch people play Marvel Snap now. Uh, You know, it's like, (laughs) but it's like, I get it. I get it. But also like, I like playing the games too, but I like watching. I like doing both. I think some people just like doing one or the other. Uh, or just like to watch people say, like, you know, maybe play the game. It's fun. You might like the videos more if you play the game. Uh, so yeah, Fortnite, man, um, we do it. <laughs> yeah, no, um, <laughs> oh, I yeah. love it, man. Yeah, um, and and I'm with you, especially RPGs, man. Like those things are, I have to be very careful, or else like the only things that suffer are my productivity because my day job suffers, Geek Network suffers, and <laughs> I'm just playing video games all the time. Um, yeah it's it's easy to get sucked into for sure for me i don't necessarily have to like watch people stream because when i met my wife i i got her into video games so i get to live vicariously through her uh which has been awesome uh, she just recently played dragon age inquisition which Ooh. was phenomenal to watch her play and i like that she plays the opposite of me i, I always go very chaotic evil um, i try <laughs> I try to do the right thing, but I don't know what it is. Man. There's something broken inside of me. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I just can't do it. And she always does like all the way good deeds. Um, the good deeds, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's nice to see it. I get to see both sides I, of the I always, I always go good twice. And like Fallout 3, had the, you could play it so many different ways. Like yeah. I'm doing, I'm doing, I, I, Here's what I got sucked into right now, which is dumb. I'm playing Red Dead. This is great for people who came to hear me talk about comics. You guys make comics, they're great. Um, I'm, I got, I'm, playing, I'm playing Red Dead, Red Dead 2. And it's like, I, I, say, I, say, I, play, I always play good first and then I play it as bad as I can the second time. Like that's how I do those games yes. every time. <laughs> but I always do good first. I always do good first because you know what the bad outcome is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know what the bad outcome is going to be. Whatever gives you the option, you know what bad is going to be. But it's like good. Who knows what's going to happen? Because you're kind of a bad guy. I'm a criminal. I want to see what the good version of this is. I always do good first and bad. Yeah, that's how I play majority of those games too. Skyrim. When you I know. go bad, when I go mm-hmm. bad, I go real bad. <laughs> it's, it's, ug- it's, ug- it's, it's ugly. It's frightening. I, I have nightmares. I'm like, if I see something, if you could take poops like on people in those games, <laughs> like if it's bad, I'm doing it. If with the, I'm trying to figure um, out worse things. Have you done the on Red Dead Two? I, I do some, I do some questionable things, man. My wife always looks at me. She's like, I feel like sometimes you're a serial killer. <laughs> and I'm like, I promise I'm not. I'm honest. In real life, I'm a nice guy. This is what yeah, I I'm to. not. But Arthur Morgan is. Yeah. He's Arthur got Morgan real problem. <laughs> cannot be controlled. Um, like, but have you hogtied somebody and just tossed them on the tracks and waited for the train to come? No, no. But I tell you what, as soon as I saw a train, I was like, when I play this bad, I'm going to line them up. Listen. <laughs> I'm gonna see if I can derail this train with 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 human bodies. Listen, <laughs> listen. I yeah. hopefully you know what I'm hoping I'm too busy. I'm I'm hoping I'm too busy. Yeah, you you don't need that kind of karma on your no. Well, it's, <laughs> big, it's awesome. video game karma. Um, see, so if you want to see a little taste of this, buy Old Head One and then Two. Um, check out the stream on Saturdays mornings. And subscribe, um, donate, whatever you need to do to keep these guys playing because that's awesome, dude. I'll see you guys this Saturday. I'll definitely be yeah, there. we'll be there. Awesome, it's um, fun. But yeah, to your point, yeah, comics. Uh, that's why. Yeah, we're I make a... <laughs> um, I love So you them. make comics. Um, Does yeah. exist. Pretty so, good. They're pretty good. Um, yeah. Where monsters lie. Um, you mentioned that it's a, a horror comedy. Um, but 
something that I've always been curious about, uh, more on the horror aspect of it. Yeah. Is you know like it, it seems I'm sure you you watch horror movies. Like for me, it's always like jump scares and you know the the sounds and like the visuals. Everything is kind yeah. of like balling you up and like building this tension just to like yeah. uh, build on it. But with comics, you don't really get too much not. of that. It's like a whole different experience and one thing that I enjoy that it's always very like narrative focus which is something I really enjoy in horror and honestly sometimes we don't get that so um so I'm just wondering you know what what's your process or what do you like to bring um as a writer or artist to like a horror comic to kind of make up for that for sure uh I, th- that is a it's a great point so I like I said I I started primarily in comedy um horror and I was sort of not urged it was lightly suggested that maybe maybe comedy is not the best route to go in american comics if you're wanting to have people read your stories which is why i went very badly um so i did i hate this place for skybound which is about a couple who inherits a haunted ranch but it's not just haunted there's lights in the skies there's monsters in the woods there's ghosts there's a demonic entity basically everything bad is on this ranch and they can't leave it um and so i i did that um and it's like, well, why horror? Why would you go from comedy to horror? And it's because they're very similar. And especially in comics, they both rely on sort of the same things, which is to say there's pacing, there's setup, there's payoff, um, there's an environment, there's timing. They're very similar. Um, horror comics are really making a resurgence right now, which I say resurgence, it might be actually more like the renaissance for horror comics because they're people are buying them one and they're good. Um, James Tinian the fourth. Anything you buy from him is good. He is yeah. a horror goat. Um, Joe Hill's Lock and Key, which is a few years back. Um, there's a ton. Uh, Chip Zdarsky Stillwater. There's a ton of really our Creepshow series we just did at Skybound. It's a it's a beautiful time for horror comics, but horror comics don't have jump scares. Um, Lock and Key actually kind of has a jump scare, which is unbelievable to pull off. <laughs> it really shows a mastery of of sequential storytelling. So like I said, it really is, pacing is very important. Character is very important. Sort of like, the thing that I always feel, especially in American comics, and which is great that the horror is doing well, is because like we're so used to these superhero dramas where no one dies, right? There's no mm-hmm. threats. And horror only works if there's threats. And so for I Hate This Place, what I, what I tried to do, and I think I did successfully, is make sure right out of the gate, um, the two main characters, Gabby and Trudy, that people, you like them. And you you don't want anything bad to happen to them. And by making you like them and sort of care about them, whenever you go, here's some murder ghosts, there's tension because you understand there's murder ghosts mm-hmm. and you don't want anything to happen. Uh, Where Monsters Lie, which is my new series, issue one came out last month from Dark Horse Press, which is about a gated community for slasher villains, which is sort of all your sort of favorite sort of franchise archetypes and tropes. Um, that's how I did it with that one is like, these are not those characters, but I think when you see, uh, when you see Richard the Clown, you get that he's a scary monster, like he's a scary murder clown. Like you've seen scary murder clowns. And when you see uh, the lady with the ventriloquist dummy, you're like, oh, I get that. It's a haunted doll situation, right? Like you Mm -hmm. understand by looking at these characters, your brain goes, I know these people, I know how they're dangerous. So that's another sort of trick that um, I did to make people understand like, you know these characters and you know they're scary now with where monsters lie i do i do a little subversion where it's like these people are this is where they go between their murder sprees right like they have to eat food like they can't go to the grocery store 
Like, I want to know how all this works out. Like, who gets Chucky's cable for him? You know, um, <laughs> what happens? Like, is there is there an HOA? Like, who's mowing their lawns? Are they mowing their own lawns? Like, where is this place? Like, these are things that are really interested to me. But it, whereas it it is issue one is a horror comedy. Issue four is not. Um, but I think also comedy and horror horror being humorous has a long tradition. Like, I don't think it's out of place. And that helped also sort of be able to swerve in. And I, I like, I like, I like humorous things. I like for people to find, to feel things in these stories. So laughing and a little tinge of fear. I don't, I think a better writer than me can probably elicit like real spine tingling. And you can do that, you know, like the old, I don't know how, how comic history you guys are, but like the old, uh, EC horror books with the needle coming to the eye, you know, like that's messed up, man. That creeps me out. Um, and there's ways, there's ways to do that. There's, there's little things, but it's hard for sure. It's just a different type of horror. And I think a lot of it is it's, you still get moving pictures, right? Because you're still going from panel right. to panel and there's a narrative element because obviously horror and fiction, um, literary fiction has a long history. You didn't need to have any, any jump scares in a Stephen King book. So it's in that middle area, right? It's finding that middle area. Um, and I think everyone's doing a great job. I think that's why horror comics are doing so well. It's like people are really uh, finding interesting ways to still be um, unnerving and frightening. Frightening. Uh, no, I'm with you, man. And I love that. I, I love your mind behind the whole thing. And truth be told, you're up there, man. You're, you're nobody lesser than these other names that you dropped. Um, definitely on different wavelengths but uh people love you uh we love you We're... everybody's always good things to say about you man so uh don't sell yourself like short <laughs> um right. but yeah you know uh i don't know how it is for other people but for me like one thing i like about reading horror comics or any comics to that uh, point is everything is coming to life in my head so like it's literally moving in my head as i go through panel uh, to panel it's like it's like a movie playing the entire time. So when I'm seeing these horror comics, like I feel like I'm watching a horror movie. And and I think that's what I really enjoy. Um, I like really narrative focused like horror um, because yeah, you know, like you said, I love liking the characters. And uh, to me, the perfect movie is when evil <laughs> wins at the end. <laughs> um, so um, we're learning dark thing. things about you today I just <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah my wife hates that because <laughs> I, I always show her new movies and she falls in love with them and then we get to the end and like the main character will die or something terrible happens and i'm like isn't that a great ending and she's like no i hate it <laughs> yeah i was like oh <laughs> uh, we want to we want nice things to happen to the nice people <laughs> well, I, was like, I guess I, I i guess that's i don't know man something's broken inside me i i fully admit that. <laughs> um i blame the add <laughs> um but no man i love it and and your explanation of it and you know you could tell that you love the entire genre and the respect that you have for oh it. yeah other yeah, writers yeah. in it because all the names that you drop are killing it and yeah i barely started reading comics about two years ago um i always felt like i couldn't read <laughs> not that i don't know how to read but yeah yeah um like add always kept me from being able to read novels like i'd have yeah, squirrel moments yeah, for and, sure yeah and i'd forget what i was reading i'm like well what the hell happened in the last chapter and i thought it would be the same thing with comics but no i absolutely fell in love with them because the like variance between like focusing on the art and then reading the 
the captions and you know like the yeah the, it, it's a it's quicker right yeah yeah it's like comics is like is and you know it's like i also when i look at them i see i see the movement if it if it's if it if it's done in a clear manner which i'm i think comics should be i also see that movement so to me it's like it really is in between a book and a movie or a tv show or whatever um like, you know, i did rick and morty all those years and for rick and morty mm-hmm. it has an a and a b story in every episode and like we couldn't do that. Like there's simply no space. There's simply no space. Um, and so like it's it's a thing where it's like you have to do the same thing, but it's it's fast. Like it's quick. And I think especially it's it's I, I'm sort of amazed that comics aren't doing better in 2023 than they are. Which anime is. So maybe the answer is well, the other sequential art people are doing it because of how attention spans are changing and how we binge things and how we consume things differently. Um, no one wants to wait a month to get to it. No one wants to wait a week, right, to see the next episode. Right. Um, so this is like comics to me. It's like it's very fast. It's like you're you're having this story injected into you. Um, and I I for sure definitely try to write very quick things because I want I want it to be consumed all at once and be like that was the adventure, that was the jaunt, that was the journey. This is quick. This one moment. Um, that's how I like to. That's how I like to consume things. So that's what I make. So it is like I it kind of amazes me with the with TikTok, it's just like people want shorter and shorter bursts of story. And it's like oh that's comic books though, like that's mm-hmm. what com- that's comic books. Like you can yeah. read you can read a good like a um, I'm reading like Hickman's Avengers right now, and I don't know this is old it's old because I have Marvel Unlimited anyway, and it's like <laughs> it's very de- it is very it is very like word dense, but you can go right through it. But also it's like the art's so great, and you know. I'm primarily a writer now, but I, when I started, I did everything. It's like, there's, there's two, there's also two ways you could do Like you go through it, you read your whole thing. It's like, let's go back and look at the pictures now. Cause like those guys are trying really hard, right? They're drawing really good pictures. Right. But, but if you watch it, like a, if you read it like a TV show, you, you are just consuming it. You're just going right through it. But I think that's a benefit of the media is that it's not an hour of your time. It's not prestige HBO, but you're still getting that quality of story, right? You're still getting that mm-hmm. quality of production and of camera angles and color and character depth, but you can do it in like 15 or 20 minutes. Like that's the great thing for a single issue. I'm talking about a single issue, right? Mm-hmm. But like even like my first book, Sex Castle was 180 pages. If it takes you 45 minutes to read that, I would be shocked. I'd be amazed. Well, listen, if you, I'm saying from with a normal, uh, not normal. How do I not insult anybody? Um, Shit. Someone with an, an average, average reading skill. I think that like, you would burn, you would just burn through it and be like, ha that's funny. Like, that's what I want. Like, I want people to be able to read it while they go to the, to the bathroom, right? And be, and not hurt themselves. Not like, right. not hurt themselves for being in the bathroom too long. But anyway, anyway, that's such an aside. But <laughs> it's sort of amazing like, <laughs> It's like, it sort of amazes me that comics don't really do that. But again, maybe anime, maybe manga is what is doing that. Um, because it's sequential storytelling and generally there's fewer panels per page and it's fast and... I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting to me, but that doesn't surprise me. I think it's interesting. Comics are great. Um, They are. And for those (laughs) of you out there that also felt like me at the beginning, I mean, I felt like I had to go all the way back to day one of Marvel to be able to read a Marvel comic. And now after, you know, doing all of this with Geek Network for a couple of years now, I'm like, oh, there's like so many like entry points. Like you can literally jump in anywhere and like all these arcs and yeah there is gonna be like some um some callbacks and probably something that you might not fully understand but that's the great thing about indie comics is that so many great stories um pass through that you can literally pick up anything yep. that you it's know, all self-enclosed yeah 
Um, but I, I will say this about Hickman. Um, he is a very intimidating writer. Um, I read um, Powers of X and House of X and um, his X-Men run. And I felt, I don't want to say tired or exhausted, but I... I felt like it was a really heavy read for me. Yeah, he, he's and very dense. He's very he dense. He is, and to to his credit, because he's a phenomenal writer. He's um, real good. But not it, for, it's not for everybody. Not, it's just like exactly. <laughs> comics, comics, I mean, they're just like any other media. They're just like literature. They're just like TV. They're just like video games. Not everything's for everybody, but there's something for you. And yeah. I, this is my thing I say now, because I've gone from comedy to horror, and, and I'm doing even Peacemaker, is that I try to do these books that when you go, what's it about? Oh, it's about a gated community for, for slasher monsters. Like, oh, I've never heard that before. Like, yeah, that's cool, right? But also when I read, when I when you read it, I want it to feel very similar to, I want to feel very familiar and comfortable. So even Old Head, which is, I mean, it's complicated. See, there's no good elevator pitch. It's like, you'll like it. Because I'm writing things in a way that I want anyone to pick them up and be like, I like this, like, this is good, right? I'm not trying to do niche things. I'm not trying to gatekeep a story. Um, and I think that's, I think comics is like, you just need, there's something for everybody, no matter who you are. And you just, maybe there's not a lot of it. Because right now, American comics is very much, it's always been superheroes. It's always been what I would call like a thriller, which is like spies or espionage or crime noir, right? It's sort of like still yeah. sort of like tough guys being tough. And horror comics are really like, it's really exciting to see sort of a third genre really gain foothold. Because it's like, listen, look, everyone's starting to see there's there's room for more than just guys in capes. Um, not that we don't love our guys in capes. We all we all love our guys in capes. They're very nice boys. Um, but it's like there's some if you like romance comics, there's good romance comics out there. If you like pirate comics, listen, I promise you, there's some good pirate comics out there. If you don't know what you like, there's something out there for you. Comics are great. Um, just like every other media, it's like you just have to find the creator you like or sort of the genre you like. Uh and it's a real, it's a real beautiful media. It's, it's, it's the best. Yeah, a hundred percent. And the community is awesome. Um, I will say that it's one of my favorite communities on social media for everywhere down to the fans, to the creators. I, I don't think I've ever seen creators be so like open and communicative, communicative uh, with, with the fans on social media, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, a hundred percent. And window shopping for comics is honestly something you will learn to appreciate. I found so many great series just by checking out covers and, and walking the local comic shops. And it's also like a team sport. That's always the way I've seen it. I mean, you, you have everything down from a writer to an artist, colorist, even a letterer. I picked up I picked up a series just because of the letter. Um, you know, Anvil Design, they do great work. And I picked it up just because their lettering is awesome because a badly lettered comic can be tough to read as well so yeah, for sure you should sure. be surprised how uh how great of a series you can come across just by following one particular creator in any of these um you know creative outlets that would introduce you to like these awesome comic series so uh follow the people you love um they'll they'll lead the way for you so for sure um yeah it's, it's pretty awesome man and and yeah i i totally agree um the horror genre is picking up i absolutely love that all of these are being adapted into films and tv because it's reintroducing all these people that might not see themselves reading comics picking it up just because they want to get a head start on the series that they heard about or 
and they watched the series and they loved it. And it's, it's pretty awesome. It's creating all these like reprints and, you know, collected editions. It's, it's just opening up all these doors, which I absolutely love. Yeah, I hope so. I hope it's happening. Yeah, so old hit anime series, readers. one day. <laughs> I'm going to promote the hell out of this. <laughs> it's pretty good. I like it a lot. Damn, you guys covered a whole lot. And then, like, I have, like, a whole bunch of questions, like, written down. I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> let's let's do it. Hey, man, yeah, just knock them out from the top. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, get, we get backtrack. I'm having a lot of... I'm having a good time just listening to all of this. Oh, and, <laughs> and also, um, you know, what you said uh, with horror and like kind of comedy, like being together, like I did want to add the whole uh, Ash, you know, the Evil Dead, you know, we had oh, all yeah, that for sure. like there's, blended I mean, they, together. There's, a, there's even, even like, uh, I'm going to blank, but like think about how funny like Freddie is. Like, Com- comedy has especially anything that sort of like re- like grew in the 80s like i always think about like i'm a big action movie guy like my f- if you were like what's the if someone asked me like hey what's your funniest moment in a movie it probably wouldn't be from a comedy it'd probably be like some arnold schwarzenegger pun like i think those <laughs> are the funniest things but like no one goes oh commando is a comedy right like they don't say that it's just, a, right. it's just an action movie i think it's because like that sort of period of sort of like people really sort of getting to to sort of do what they wanted is that people like the best things have a little bit of everything. We want everyone to come see our action movie, right? So we'll put we'll put a little comedy, we'll put a little romance, put a little TNA in it, um, <laughs> and like that's how I feel. But horror for sure has a like I don't think I think you know Tremors. Um, Tremors is very funny. It's very much a horror movie. It's very much a horror movie, right? It's yeah. terrifying. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna blank on a million other horror comedies that I I love. Um, that they're like the shot. Uh, uh, Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead yeah, for sure, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, Dale, Dale and Tucker. Dale and Tucker. Uh, Dale and Tucker. Is that what's called? Versus Evil. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like now, there's like, like now it's like very much like that's a horror comedy. There's no question, but horror has a place for it. I think action has a place for it. Where it's like, well, if you throw something that's just funny in here, I think there's a history of horror characters of like throwaway horror characters that are just comedy relief. Um, so yeah, but they're very like they're they're lovers, right? They're two sides of the same coin. I think like both both exist only to elicit a specific emotion, right? Comedy wants you to want you to laugh, horror wants you to jump, wants you to be frightened. Um, they're just like weird siblings, um, weird siblings. Yeah, that's what we're gonna go with. <laughs> yeah, um, the way I've always seen it uh, personally is honestly like pulling on two ends of a string because they're both like really strong emotions, fear and and laughter, and you know they kind of complement each other and also are opposite of each other so yeah weird right. siblings also fits and then so another thing i had uh wanted to ask earlier too is um you know especially since you're doing peacemaker but would you ever uh consider taking main character from the main two you know dc and marvel um and do a you know a comic book horror run with it, and what characters would you choose? Man, so I mean, so Peacemaker is funny because um, I've done a, almost nothing big too. I, I did a D Man story in like a Secret War like years ago, 
And when I was a kid, man, I only read superhero comics. I worked at a comic book shop in the 90s, which may be why I kind of got away. Um, I love I love those books. It's like ever since I've been making my own stories with my own characters, like I've distant, I'm so distant. I really like self-contained stories. Um, so I never really thought about it. That's a, that's like a, and, and, and how are we where we are now? Um, my Sex Castle, uh, Assassination, almost all my books are very, Old Head too, is very much about big tough guys do, in action, situ, in combat fighting situations, right? But I'm dealing with other things. I'm dealing with like um, personal choices. I'm dealing with legacy. I'm dealing with toxic masculinity. I'm dealing with friendship, found friendship and family. And so Peacemaker is, it's funny, like I never would have thought about it. But Peacemaker is very much in line with my sensibilities. And, and a, a peer had basically tweeted was like, why isn't there a Peacemaker comic? And why isn't Kyle Starks doing it? And I love that. I thought it was great. Like I was blown away by it. And I was like, I was like, you know, it's fun. Like I was like, I never would have thought about that. Cause I just, I, I'm out here doing my own thing and I'm doing fine. Like I'm doing fine. I'm, doing, <laughs> I'm, I'm making a living. Right. Like I don't yeah. need it, but I was like, man, I, it would be, I would do a really good job on this character. It's perfect for me. And uh, I sort of retweeted it and like, within minutes like they had actually contacted me so like if someone's like hey if you had to pick a character who would be i mean it'd be peacemaker a peacemaker that that character that james gunn made is very much in line with the way i tell stories and the same was true with rick and morty rick and morty is very sci-fi tropey but mm -hmm. it's smart comedy and it's lowbrow comedy and like that's what i was doing but i was doing like basically like action action tropes instead of sci-fi tropes but i like sci-fi movies too um so that I felt like also it was something I could do because in terms of my sensibilities, it was very close. The way I feel about, and I'm 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 doing big two work now, um, mm -hmm. because that's sort of how it comes. It all sort of comes to you at once. Um, I'm I'm open to the challenge. There, I don't think I could say definitively. I'm like I want to do this character, and I would do a good job. I think if I didn't think I could do a good job, I'd just say no. Um, but I'm open. I'm open to the challenge is kind of where I stand with big two. And I want to do the big two because I think it's important for how to sort of get validated as a creator in America. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, like Matt Kent, I think is a, is a good example. I think he's brilliant. He, I think is, I think mind management's one of the best books I've ever read. I think um, black badge is great. He's a uh, department H he's great. His stuff is good, but if he didn't do that year at DC or however long he was at DC, like would, how much would people care? If Jeff Lemire never did all those years at Marvel and DC, would anybody really care about the the you know not not um not Black Hammer, but like pick one of his other things? I don't know. I think like it's very important. It validates um, you to the reader. So right. I very much uh, I very much want to do it. There's not a I I love storytelling, and I don't go man if only I could get my hands on blank because mm -hmm. I'm. I'm writing where monsters lie and I'm writing Gabby and Trudy who are the best characters I know. And you know what I mean? Like I have a whole full, like of my own stories of my characters who I think are, who I think are great and likable. That being said, again, um, I'm open to the challenge. I'm writing a series. I'm writing a series for one of the, the two that I don't know why they asked me to do it. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I saw the challenge and I'm like, I want to do, I want to take up this challenge and I hope, um, it will be better than the prior series by these with these characters, but I, it's a weird choice for someone who writes characters that are adult situations who curse and you know with monsters. Like it's weird that they chose me, but um, 
I'm open to it. And it's funny, like once you sort of like, you're like, well, if they ask me, maybe I should start thinking like other superhero ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've spent however long I've been doing this, which isn't that long, frankly. I think I was 38 when I started making comics and I was 40 when I started doing it professionally. And I'm about to 46. So it really hasn't been all that long that I've been making is that I, my issue is like, I really like self-enclosed stories. I really like beginning, middles and ends. I really like stakes. Gabby and Trudy can die. Gabby and Trudy can die because it's not it's not going to go on for 20 years, right? I can right. kill them and terrible things can happen to them. Where monsters lie, these all these characters, almost all these characters are going to die because this it is what it is. It's this, it's this one self-contained story. And I think stories without stakes aren't as meaningful or valuable. That's not to say that they're greater than or lesser than, because I think I think being able to tell Spider-Man for however 50 years 25 however long it's been like it's amazing that's an amazing achievement um so i'm down for it who would i pick i i don't know uh but i will i will tell you that i am very horror leaning right now mm-hmm. and so the idea of the idea of someone who traditionally is not like obviously doing like a horror like ghost Rider is like easy peasy right like doing right. constantine easy peasy um, I think even like the X-Men have even say like, who who would be like I'm trying I'm trying to think of someone very quickly. Who do I like in Marvel Snap? It doesn't work. Um that's not a good <laughs> reference point. Who like I think like I always think of Nomad. I don't know why I think of Nomad because Nomad in the nineties drove around. He's like renegade, he had a baby on his back and a shotgun. <laughs> like that's the guy, it's like that's the guy in a haunted house that's gonna be like, what's up with that guy? Because he's not dealing with that. You know what I mean? Like he's not dealing with with that sort of nonsense. Um, and I do think like I, I probably lean street level because I like emotional arcs and it's hard to tell an emotional arc when, you know, you can you can shoot lasers out of your eye. Well, maybe it's maybe not. I take that back. But uh, I like the street level stuff, too, because I just don't I don't think I'm a space opera guy. It's, it's too many moving parts. And I like <laughs> um, there's a there's some Greek philosopher who escapes me. My friend Chris Weitzer would tell me who said the best stories are about the worst day in someone's life. Um and I like that. I like that a lot. I like it for everything to feel like it's very fast. It's not taking place over years. It's taking place over hours or it's taking place over days. So I, that would be the answer. Who would I horrify is, is someone who has no right being involved with that at all. That's my answer. I'd love to see you write something along the lines of juggernaut in a situation of like a quiet place. Like he definitely would not, would not be having a good time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, for a while, wasn't his helmet haunted too? So, like, he'd flip out in a quiet place <laughs> scenario anyway. Oh, man. Juggernaut's um, got nothing to be scared of, though. You that's know? true. He's got nothing to be scared of. <laughs> like, Spider-Man? Has Spider-Man done any? He's, I mean, he sold his soul to the devil, but that wasn't very spooky, right? No, yeah. It wasn't, no. very spook- it wasn't very spooky. I, I feel I mean, like Marvel wouldn't let it go too far. Um, Mysterio. Someone's you know, skin come things. off their body. Yeah. Yeah. Um. We figure it. We figure it out. <laughs> yeah, we would, but yeah, I, you're I, open I, to I, the I, challenge, so we'll I, leave it at that. <laughs> that's that's really where I stand on it because I don't think like, I get to make my own worlds. Like I get to tell these stories, and they're they're a hundred percent me. I own them. Right. I'm I mostly own them. Whatever. But I, I created them. And they're my babies. And like I love my babies. That's not to say I don't love other people's kids. I think they're they're great. Um. But I, I see it as, at this point, a challenge. And I suspect, though I couldn't say, because I, I don't know, 
But I bet once you're in, for the lack of a better word, like that machine of the big two machine, um, I bet you really start looking around. You look at it differently than where I look on the outside where it's like, if I want to tell a story about slasher villains, I just do it. If I want to tell a story about, uh, you know, assassin hitman bodyguards, like I can just do it. Like that's what those, are, I make the things that I want to see. Like that's my impetus for everything. Mm-hmm. The book I make is the book that I want to read. I want to exist in the world. So I bet once you're in that, again, for lack of a better word, that machine, you start to go, oh my gosh, I like this character. I, I see this character over there. Like I want to play with that character. Here's the story I'd like to see. I bet like the mindset changes a lot. And we're going to see what the next couple of years, I, I can't imagine Peacemaker is going to be my last sort of big two project. I and if it is, it is. Confidence. If it is, it is. Um, you know? <laughs> you're going to knock it out of the park, man. It, it already looks great just from what we've seen so far. So um, I'm really excited. Uh, I'm really worried about the dog. Um, please don't John Wick him. <laughs> yeah, do not um, kill the pug. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I get where you're at. And honestly, it kind of sounds like Marvel and DC just need to let you either create your own character or uh, maybe they can give you a Spider-Verse universe that you can just horrif- horrify, horrify yourself. I, um, I want what I want whatever like the character no one like the the most ah, those character. characters. That's who I want. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what I loved about um Danger Street um from Tom King. Um <laughs> I, I, I love that. Um it was just very very odd to see these characters, um, it seemed, but he honestly killed it and, and we talked to him about it and he was super like pumped about it. And and I love that you guys both bring that same energy. Like you guys actually love what you're doing, and to going back to the comic community, man, that that's something that we see often here, um, which is why comics are the best. Yeah, there's, you, there's not much money, so you have to love it. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah. Ouch! It, it's a it, it's a hobby that sometimes pays. <laughs> uh, I've never heard of Danger Street. I'm looking at it right now. I'm going to check it out. You, you it should check great. it out. It was pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds great. I love Metamorpho. He's going to make me cry over Metamorpho, isn't it? <laughs> um, don't make me mad. I love Metamorpho. Don't do something mean. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell um, Black Label to send, send me a copy. Send me a copy. Yeah, it's, uh, issues. it's a Peacemaker um, prep material. <laughs> yeah. Is this, out, is this done? Is this completed? I believe they released its last issue um, last month, I believe. Right. It was, it was close gonna, to I'm the end, for sure. I like Tom um, King a lot. He's he's very good. There's a lot of guys. There's a lot of real. I I've loved him ever right now, since he had Bane snap Alfred's neck. <laughs> you're probably I, gonna think of an I absolute hate you. animal. I, I hate love you. Him. I mean, here's the, here's the thing. Tom Tom King's visions vision run is a goat run. Period in comics. Yes. Superior comic. It's a goat run. Um, uh, the sheriff of Babylon. Like he's been doing great stuff before he was doing anything before he was doing batman he was doing great stuff uh that vision series yeah. is all time all time goat, goat run uh he's very he's very good he's very good no question 100 full stop um, yeah um his batman run first ballot the all I... the fans <laughs> um was the the batman one was the first thing of his uh, that i came across but it, de- it definitely um made me go back into his library and yeah it's phenomenal um i think Kieran Gillen was one of the first writers I fell in love with after I read Die. Um, yeah, for those Dungeons great. and Dragons fan. You are a, you fan. are new. You're a new boy for sure. Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Die was some good ones though. Yeah, Die was like one of the first things I picked up. I was like, oh, this looks cool. 
again, the it cover is. is what got me. It is and cool. That's a, that's a horror sucked, comic too. Man. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Stephanie Hans, uh, chef's kiss. Her artwork is phenomenal. It's like going yeah, to an art gallery, um, watching her um, draw comics. But, uh, but I'm sorry, Daniel. We're hijacking the conversation <laughs> again. Ask your questions, man. No, you're back? good. You're good. Fuck. Um, no, this was actually a follow up, uh, which wasn't really in anything I've uh, written down, but um, with you know, uh, having worked on Rick and Morty for so long, the comic book run, do you, do they tell you like, Hey, you know, you can't no go the certain route. No. So no, they, no, they don't. So Rick and Morty was great. Cause when I, well, Rick and Morty is interesting. Great. When I started, no one knew what that was. I, I no one knew what Rick and Morty was. I did shows where I did shows for several months where I didn't sell anything. And then I showed up at Lexington, probably my third show after I, I did, I did San Diego Comic-Con, my first issue. Um, and there was like maybe two people in cosplay from Rick and Morty at San Diego Comic-Con. Oh, wow. Like no one knew what it was. And I only knew, like, I love community. No way. Community is my community. I adore it. So I love Dan, uh, Harmon. Dan Harmon. Yeah. And I knew a little bit like Channel 101, which is sort of where Royland, where they came together and met. I had seen some of the stuff, but I don't know if I had seen any Royland stuff. Um, Anyway, when they put it on Hulu, when they when they put it on Hulu, it's when it broke out. And I, I did shows where I would sell maybe one or two comics and no one would say anything. And I remember um, the Rick and Morty history story is longer than it should be. I remember telling my wife, I was like, this might have been a mistake because I, I love it. But I have my name on a dog, you know, like I'm working on a series that no one cares about. It's not doing anything for me. Um, and I did this show in Lexington after doing two shows where I sold almost nothing. And I sold out everything I brought in the VIP time in the hour before the show happened. Everything I brought, I sold out. Holy and I was shit. like, what, what happened? It's like they put it on Hulu. So now everyone could casually watch the show. They could have watched it before. They had to go to a website. You had to go to um, adultswim.com. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And no one, just no one did it. Like that's where I watched it. I watched it on Adult Swim. I watched all those episodes in a row. I was still smoking. I smoked cigarettes then. And I sat on my back porch and I watched the entire first season, like nonstop chain smoking. I was like, this is unbelievable. And it is, it is, it's unbelievable, right? It really is one of those things. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no one cared. And it's like, man, so weird. Uh, so yeah, so when I started, they, when I first started, the, the deal was they were going to bring in cartoonists because again, I'm a cartoonist. I write and draw. And now I mostly mm -hmm. write. Um, and they were going to bring cartoonists and they would do five issues and then they'd rotate to the next one. So they'd sort of have like this changing cast, but it'd still be the same artist. And when I started, they had all these, they're like, here's the rules. Because the thing with Rick and Morty, the comic, is that it was being published are produced by Cartoon Network, not Adult Swim. So it was still like an all ages version of Rick and Morty. There were like oh. characters can't be naked, characters can't kill anybody, characters can't, all these sort of strangely arbitrary, not arbitrary, I'm sure they had the reasons, but things that would prevent it from being Rick and Morty. And I think if you read those first 10 issues, I'll bite, they're very good. You can see like they're not right. Like they mm -hmm. just don't feel like Rick and Morty. So when I took over, because I love the thing, and as I said, my my driving force is to create the thing that I want to be there. And when if I'm writing Rick and Morty, I want there to be more Rick and Morty. I want people to have more Rick and Morty, not more Kyle Starks in that instance, but I think I can do it because our sensibilities are very close. And the same with Peacemaker. Peacemaker, they're like, what kind of Peacemaker should we do? And I'm like, it should be as close to the show as we can legally do, right? Because mm -hmm. um, that's what people are buying the comic for. They want a, they want a Peacemaker story. They don't right. want like some weird take on it. Like, and so um, 
they had all these little rules of things you couldn't do. And I just was like, I'm going to do them and see if they say anything. And <laughs> they never said anything. Um, and for, and then it broke out and it was huge. And for a while there it was very wild, wild west. We could do where we wanted. And certainly like there, I think one, at one point there was a, like a story question. I, I never wanted to do anything that the show could invalidate. I never want people to go, this isn't the show anymore. Right. Cause then you're out. Like it's not the thing you want. It's something else. So I stayed away from anything. If you're a Rick and Morty fan, seems like a major Rick and Morty. Like I never did evil Morty stuff. I never did Rick's um, prior to you see him on the show, right? I never talk about Rick's mm-hmm. wife, or those are all things that you'd be like, well, if I was on the show, like I'd really want to. I want to talk about this and this, right? Um, so I avoided all that. But I think at one point there's like, oh, there's a question of whether or not Rick would have known Beth at a certain age because they interact, and so we asked Justin. Um, Cause Justin, I do air quotes. He, he reviewed every issue, which was always just him sending an email that said, ha ha, that's a good one. It's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we sent his email like, Hey, uh, would Rick have known Beth in this window? And he's like, he's like, no, but what's it matter? Like, it's all just alternate dimension stuff. Like it's all the most, like anything can happen in any, who cares? It's the multiverse. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. So it's like, this is just a pair. This is just another timeline. And on this timeline, it doesn't matter. And like, that's how he looked at it. Like it, whatever thing is not his thing, it's a different timeline. It, it can be whatever works because it's a different timeline. So like they never, they, they would let us do literally anything, but because I am the way I am, I was, mm-hmm. so we didn't do that. I dumped that. I cut that. As soon as he said that, I was like, it's out because I don't want people to ever look at this as they're reading through it and go, Oh, it's not the same thing. Or it's not at least as close as you can legally be without being the same thing. Um, right. So yeah, they listened, yeah. but at the end, whenever Rick and Morty became very big, they started becoming very concerned about litigious things. Um, for example, uh, they were like, you can't have this character say, you can't have this character in the Rick and Morty character comic book say, lick, lick, lick my balls. And <laughs> like, that's, that's in, that's from the show. Like I didn't make that up. And um, sort of the most, the best example of this is I did um, international, I did an interdimensional cable episode issue where I had him going through different channels and seeing different shows. And I put, um, um, cause Dorpazort field in it. Do you know who Dorpazort field is? Yeah. Dorpazort field is Garfield, <laughs> but he has little arms coming out of his head. And in the show, which is where Dorpazort field comes from, it's Garfield drawn just like Garfield with the arms coming out of his head, right? And so one of my friends, Andy Hirsch, who's a, a really great sort of young adult, uh, all ages comic creator, drew Garfield for many years. He would joke he was the third most famous Jim Davis. And I got my friend Andy Hirsch <laughs> to draw the Zorpazort field in this, because I think how funny, because he draws just like Jim Davis. It's perfect, right? And we did this little Zorpazort field joke. It's very funny. So it was in the comic, and then it was in the trade. And when it was going to be put in the hardcover, Cartoon Network is like, can we take this out? We're worried about litigious, we're having litigious concerns. I'm like, you printed it twice. It's printed twice, and it's from the show. I didn't make it up. So <laughs> if you get the hardcover, which I think is hardcover four or five, which would have that first interdimensional cable. That's probably not right. It's probably six. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't have that Gazorpazort field story in it. It has this other story I had to make up and oh. sort of rush to get in because they wouldn't let me use the thing from their show that we'd already printed twice. So they got very litigious about it in the end and it sort of became harder to tell very Rick and Rick. But they, like, we couldn't do phrases, they said. Like, like that's their phrase. Like, I'm not making this yeah. stuff up. Yeah. Uh, so, but mostly, no, they let me do whatever I wanted to. I took it very serious. I felt, I, I joked, like, I'm that manager who would always be like, this place would fall apart without me. I took it very seriously. The place isn't going to fall apart without me. They don't, it doesn't matter. It's still going on. I, I do like to think I had the longest, most consistently good run 
Uh, I think I can say that with confidence. Uh, I was supposed to do five issues. I did 48, you know, so I'm real proud of, of that time. It was fun. And I think it, it's also the type of thing that's, that will in many ways ready me for doing more big two work when that time comes. I think we'll see. <laughs> All right. Amen. And then, Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, uh, I, I don't doubt it. Um, if that's good, if it's as good as old head, <laughs> that, oh, oh, that's very good. Listen, Chris Schweitzer, who is my who is my who is my artist on uh, uh, we did a Mars Attacks book, which is another licensed book I wouldn't have thought oh, I did. Awesome. Oh, um, nice! And, and he did um, he did um, the art for Six Sidekicks of Trigger King from Skybound, which the New York Public Library said was one of the ten best books of 2022. That's not comic books; that's a books. Period. We're very proud of that. Um, he says Old Head's my third best book. He's like, or so, he sometimes says my best book. I get him to talk it down to third. He's like, it's your Old Head's very good, criminally underread. So I'm leaning into this. Yes, buy Old Head. It's very good. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a bumper sticker by the end of the year. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> and then this, this is my final question for you. It's a little bit loaded just because of what's going on in Twitter, but. You are very active on Twitter. Uh, you joined since, you know, essentially it's uh, it's been conceived. So ever since Elon took over um, and, you know, there's been changes in the past couple of months. Is this still a, you know, good platform for those uh, who are content creators such as yourself? Yeah, I think I think it is only because what defines good are the alternatives. <laughs> right so i mean there aren't any a fa face facebook is different the w promotion on facebook is different than twitter mm -hmm. like facebook you find a group and it's like you're selling an, an item but on twitter yeah. it's like it's like the Fortnite hangout you know it's like i'm i you have people who like your work who want I, i'm not near as active as i use once once i on it sincerely once i reach a degree of notoriety at all i realized i need to be careful with what i say just because you do i used to comment on everything with a little joke with a little haha -ha joke um so now i very much use it as promotion and sort of if i like something to promote something i like i wish i wish i was a young man again and fearless and just said whatever i wanted to but what's the there isn't an alternative there isn't an alternative where you can have sort of the breadth and reach of how many people you can interact with if, if there was then Twitter would probably be gone, um, but Hive failed. Um, Mastodon, I don't even understand. Um, so it's really just a matter of it's good because there's not another option. And I think it's still, right. I, I've, I know I've seen people, I've seen other creators be like, oh, the algorithm, like it feels like I have less. And I'm like, you probably do, but it's still more than you'd have without this. Um, and no matter what, like you still interact with the people who presently follow you. I think probably if I was going to speculate and it's a hundred percent speculation, I bet it's harder to grow on Twitter right now, but I don't think it's harder for you to interact with the audience that you've created or for that audience to interact with their audience and comics very much as an industry relies on word of mouth. So it's one of those things. It's like, yes, I'm in a vacuum tube, but hopefully the people in my audience aren't as much in a vacuum tube as I am. And we sort of incrementally continue to grow. I just the, the lack of alternatives makes it the, the best one. Yeah, right. it's just, um, I don't know, like, I'll 
my algorithm is just um you know a bunch of podcasters and like coming together and now it's just i see so much different things um i've been seeing because i've been using some of the similar um hashtags that i've used before and because hashtags will you know broaden your reach to a certain, Supposed- certain extent supposedly right yeah exactly but i've been seeing instead of podcasters now i just see like uh uh, a lot of uh, comic book creators or uh, a lot of uh, artists on there. And I'm not complaining because, you know, I will support that because, you know, comic book writers are awesome or comic book artists are awesome too. But I'm just like, huh, you just get a lot of followers from other podcasting people. And yeah. I don't know what's you know, going I, on. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I feel like, and I, again, it's entirely speculation. My point, I quit using hashtags quite a while ago on Twitter. I felt like they weren't, doing anything now again this is my experience but on instagram hashtags are great and so i don't know you know like i at one point in time i saw someone like, like i have a patreon and they're like don't put if you put the words patreon in a post like it's going to get pushed down the algorithm like i don't know how algorithms work i don't want to live a life trying to appease some ai metric for what people should see or what not see like from where i am and where i've always been because Twitter is very much responsible for my career, even for Peacemaker, like we said earlier. Like, all you can do is, is make good stuff and kind of never stop talking about it, right? Like, that's all you can do. And that's what I've always used Twitter for and goofing ass around, though. There's less goofing ass around uh, than I would like. I would like more goofing ass around. I, have a, I, I save it for Fortnite now on Saturdays, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. Like, it's tough, but it's like, what's the alternative? There's no alternative presently. And if, if so-and-so burns it to the ground which maybe he will uh probably he will let's be honest like <laughs> the thing is is like is is twitter going to be gone though or it'll just still be twitter but someone else will own it you know what i mean yeah like, right i know like there's a lot of and i don't i listen that's a, this is a different conversation between smarter people than me but i know a lot of people are like oh this awful person is bought this thing and now it's going to be end of it. it's like man if if everything that was owned by awful people didn't exist there'd be nothing right like there just wouldn't be anything there would be ben and jerry's ice cream and that's it that would be the only thing that existed so um, it'll it'll be interesting i will say i hope that i hope nothing i hope it i hope it kind of goes back to being because i've seen people complain i have not noticed um per se but i've seen people creators complain and that i would not have had a career without twitter without social media um that being said I think maybe the world would be a better place without social media. Uh, I think we'd be kinder, <laughs> right? Like, I, but so it's a real dilemma. So I hope I hope Twitter still is and remains or something. I think Instagram. I think it, but it's a visual, so it's no good for someone who's just a talker, right? Right. Not really. So it, there's there's built-in drawbacks to that, um, and I think probably people will shift. I if I was a young man and I'm not, and if I didn't have a family, which I don't, and I've said this for eight years, six years, is that I would have been on Twitch. I'd be doing live draws. I'd be on TikTok. Um, there's other ways to do it, but I think the traditional way is Twitter. And yeah, maybe it's not the best one anymore. Maybe we need to start exploring more ways, but mm-hmm. I mean, we would also have more marketing in general and period comics, right? Like there could be yeah. something besides like me going, hey, buy my book. Hey, are we talking to a podcast? Like you guys telling you, hey, buy my book. Hey, you guys, hey, you guys, you listening, <laughs> buy my book. Like 
<laughs> like there should be there should be maybe another way because like I've never heard McDonald's on a podcast telling people to buy the new McRib or whatever. Or you know what I mean? Like right. it's, a, it's a crazy it's a crazy industry. Hopefully, hopefully Twitter if Twitter Twitter's the best one is the answer. That's full stop. But hopefully there's always a good option. Um, whatever that is. And it could change. Why wouldn't it? It's technology. So we'll just be doing like read I'll send you like brain waves of my comic. Like look here, it's page eight. Isn't it good, guys? <laughs> brain one waves. day one day we're all gonna live in vr like in red yeah. one so <laughs> yeah um but no i'm with you man um facebook it feels like it's pay to play uh if you're trying to you know have a page or like have a brand that you're pushing instagram yeah i mean maybe i'm just old as well but uh, i can't i don't want to see my face i certainly don't want to be putting it on the internet for other people to see so uh, pictures are out of the equation and um as Twitter's just kind of going through a messy divorce right now, <laughs> it's going through marital counseling and yeah, um, that's, that's honestly, a good uh, metaphor. Yeah, um, but honestly, like the best way to counter that, you want to make Twitter better. Don't complain about it. Just support these people because a retweet, uh, a like, uh, a comment, all of that stuff may. If you think the algorithm's messed up, that's how you can fight it back. Um, the more you the more you participate, the less Skynet can control it. So, <laughs> so um, that's 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 my answer, man. Uh, but I still think the comics community is awesome on Twitter. Um, I still get to see all the stuff I love. And uh, aside from the weird hat spam accounts that keep following, um, it, it is what it is. They keep disappearing and coming back. One day they'll be gone altogether. So. <laughs> Um, they'll never it, be gone. They'll never right. be gone. Yeah, they, they'll haunt us forever. They'll they're, just keep on making more bot accounts, dude. No, that's not gonna happen. I've had I've had bots since the beginning, since the very beginning. <laughs> and you go, it just makes my numbers look better. It just gets one exactly, more. Exactly right. No, um, I'm at five thousand. You know, mute mute their notifications on there. You're good. <laughs> My uh, yeah, I'm not personal... following. Them. I'm not following them. I don't have to see anything they say. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, my you don't personal... have to follow. Hey, listen. You don't have to follow anything on Twitter. You, I only follow who I want to follow. Like that's the truth. That's all social media. Like if you, if you don't. Now I say this. My wife had a thing on her Twitter which she never uses. She only follows me and the Boston Celtics. And it started showing her like Middle Eastern porn nonstop. F- I don't. But listen, I don't know <laughs> yeah. how that happened. I can't help you with that. I couldn't help her with that. I'm like, burn it down. Get rid of. <laughs> burn this whole house down. But like, follow, I don't follow it, Barney or something. Like I don't, I don't follow people that make me mad. I don't follow people who were evil. In my, like you get to control, you get to control this. Right. You get to control all yeah. your social media. My my Facebook, I didn't follow everyone I knew in high school. I don't need to do that. I only follow the people I liked. And if they say something crazy, I don't need to follow them anymore. I haven't seen them in thirty years, right? Yeah. Like, right. I think the big like you don't have to engage. You, listen, you don't have to engage. You're not going to change anyone's mind. You're probably not. Like you don't have to participate if it makes you mad. Don't follow them. Get rid of it. You don't need it. You don't need it. And I think like the world would be better if we didn't engage with everything right. without thinking, without thinking. <laughs> no, nope. um, I'm 100% with you, man. And yeah, so it's like if, if, if you if you hate it, like get rid of it. If you're like my wife, like we, I don't know what she did. You can't get rid of that. Uh, she just don't go to Twitter anymore. <laughs> That's smart. <laughs> and, you know, I'm with her uh, because yeah. I, I don't, I don't think I remember the last time I tweeted. I think it was like early 2022. And I got like 300 follows, but they were all like spam accounts and like only yeah, fans crazy. accounts. And I was like, what the hell is happening? 
So I just I just don't go to it. And now it's just the Wild West. Whatever happens, happens, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm with you, dude. Um, you can only give power. The people only have power as much as you give them. So I'm right on board with you. If, if I don't like what somebody says or I disagree with it, I'm not going to I'm not gonna unfollow them just because they have an opinion. But if they're bringing good- negative energy to my life, then a simple unfollow, you'd be surprised. Yeah, you don't, you don't know them. You are. That's a good exactly. question. Yeah. That's a good question. A good heavy hitter, only a little loaded. It didn't get me in any trouble, and that's what really matters. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, honestly, dude, um, it was honestly a pleasure to meet you. Um, I think we're already following you, but I'll unfollow you and follow you again. Uh, sure. Because I absolutely love you. Um, yeah, thanks, man. Honestly, yeah, thanks for um, bringing me on. Of course, what yeah. what kind of talk there was. Honestly, uh, well, we'll have to bring you back and talk some Peacemaker after you sure. convince yourself that you honestly were built for it. But for oh, now, uh, so people, good. yeah, free, it's already free, free, good. Get your freeder in now. Get yeah, buy old head because when Peacemaker comes head. out, it's going to cost $36, not 16 uh, because the not. notoriety of the name Kyle Starks is going to be through the roof. Fingers um, crossed. But you know yeah. what? None of that matters. If the product's not good, my dude, I've got good books. Check them out. Uh, yeah, I'm exactly. At the Kyle Starks, <laughs> I'm at the Kyle Starks on all these medium, all these social networks. Uh, at my store at KyleStarks.com. Again, thanks for having me on here, guys. Check out my new comic, Where Monsters Lie. Apparently, issue two comes out next week. I don't know when this pops. March the 1st. same day. Uh, the same day that uh, I hate this place returns for its second arc with issue six. So when this posts that Wednesday. I think no, it'll be next Wednesday. So before, maybe that Wednesday. I don't know. Uh, I'll have two well, comics in stores. So go in you, there and buy those two comics and yeah. pre-order Peacemaker number one. <laughs> yeah, um, that your comic book shop do the hard work for you. Just tell them these That's are right. the three books you want, and they'll tell you how to how to make it happen. But That's again, exactly right. uh, we love you, comics community. Thanks again, Kyle. I'm Jackie. This is Daniel. Yeah. Speak responsibly. Bliss.io